Uh, my name is Brenton. It's a real privilege uh, to be with you this morning uh, and to just share. Let's get going, shall we? Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That should be familiar to most of us. Matthew 28, we call it the the Great Commission. It's some of the final things that Jesus said, the risen Jesus said before he ascended into heaven. Uh, And so it's probably quite important that we pay some attention to that. I mean, I'm sure everything Jesus said was important, but this particularly was important. Verse 18, Jesus tells us that all authority has been given to him. That's really important for what he then goes on to say. Verse 20, Jesus promises to be with us to the end of the age. And that's really important for what he's just said. So what has he said in the middle? Well, he's asked us to do three things. He's asked us to to go and make disciples of all the nations. He's asked us to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And he's asked us to teach them to obey all of Jesus' commands. So I'm really glad that he started with, that he has the authority, and he finished that he's with us, because that would be quite daunting, those three things in between, wouldn't it? We have been doing a series on our statement of faith. Uh, If you've been around, we've been doing this for quite some time. We've been working through the different sections, and we're in the section about the church. Uh, We're spending some time looking at what it is we believe about the church uh, and what we believe and how that shapes what it is we do as a church. And so this week, my subject is... We are a church that is a disciple-making family. We are a disciple-making family. Now, a couple of weeks ago when Paul was speaking, uh, he, he was just being clear that what he was talking about was somewhat aspirational. And, it, and it's true of this. You know, we're not yet where we would love to be. We are a disciple-making family, but we want to be more of a disciple-making family, don't we? So, to start with, what do I mean by a disciple? A disciple is a follower. And we're talking specifically about a follower of Jesus Christ. But not a follower as in, like, Instagram or Twitter. That is a completely different type of follower... We're talking about a follower in the sense that we put our trust and our hope in Jesus. We believe in him and we follow him. We learn from him. 
from his teachings and from his example that he set in his life. We follow that. A disciple is an imitator of their teacher. And if you are a Christian this morning, then you are a disciple, and therefore we are called to be imitators of Jesus. And we're never more than a disciple. Jesus is the one we're following. So I'm stood here this morning, I am a disciple as well. Just as you are disciples, we are all disciples together. We're never more than disciples or followers. So Jesus is telling us, his disciples, to go and make more disciples. To go and make people who are going to trust him and follow him and imitate him. To go and make more of those sorts of people. That's that core bit. But there's two other aspects in there of the three things that he commanded us to do. The first one was to baptise. Now, baptism is something we do when we become a Christian. It's an outward sign that we, we take to show the world that we are now followers of Jesus. We, we, we change from not being followers of Jesus, we put our hope and our trust and our faith in Jesus, and baptism is the thing that we do that says, this is who I am now. And that happens once, normally the beginning of our Christian journey, but sometimes a little bit later. But it happens once. But the second aspect is obeying Jesus. And hopefully obeying Jesus starts when we become a Christian, but that never ends. We never stop obeying Jesus, do we? Jesus' obedience is not trendy, it's not cool, is it? We, you know, we want to be our own person. But Jesus modelled obedience to his heavenly Father. He obeyed everything that his Father told him. And as we obey Jesus, we're demonstrating that we're trusting him. We're demonstrating that we love him. We obey him. We follow him because we love and we trust him. And obeying Jesus is something that we grow in throughout our lives. We start obeying Jesus, and we keep obeying Jesus and obeying Jesus. And so that's the second aspect that I want us to look at this morning. Making disciples and then growing. So firstly, if we are to obey Jesus' command to make disciples, then we should be seeing people become Christians, shouldn't we? We should be seeing people who are lost in their lives and their world, coming to know who Jesus is, know the love of Jesus, know the forgiveness of Jesus, know the life and the hope that knowing Jesus brings, and putting their trust in Jesus and saying, yes, I'm going to follow him now. 
And every one of us has a responsibility in that. And I don't want anyone to switch off right now or tune out thinking, well, you know, he's talking about evangelism. I'm not talking about evangelism. I know we're not all called to be evangelists. I'm not called to be an evangelist. That's not my gifting. But every single one of us is called to be a witness to Jesus. Without exception, we are called to be witnesses of what Jesus has done in our lives. As Jesus, another one of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples as he's um, promising them that the Holy Spirit is going to come, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. One of the primary purposes of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives is to give us the strength and the power to be witnesses. And that's why it's so important that we are continually filled with the Holy Spirit. That daily we say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to live my life for you. I need you to be a witness for you. Just to be clear, when I'm talking about witnessing, I'm not talking about preaching the gospel. I'm not talking about being super eloquent or having lots of theological knowledge or being good at arguing for the gospel. Our lives speak louder than anything we could possibly say coming out of our mouths. How we handle the ups and downs of life, how we respond to the challenges of life, speaks louder than anything that comes out of our mouth. How we treat the people we encounter day to day, especially if they're challenging people. How the love of Jesus at work in us how we demonstrate that and show that love to the people we meet, that is our witness. That speaks louder than words. And there's a practical aspect to being a witness. And we do that as a church. We do practical things. We help those people who need help. We, we help, we reach out to those people who are broken or hurt in the world. So there's a practical witness. But these people also need to know the truth about Jesus as well. They need to know the person we are following as we reflect the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus. They need that hope for themselves. 1 Peter 3, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. We demonstrate the love and the grace of Jesus 
by the way we live, the way we respond, the way we interact with people. And sometimes we then get the opportunity to tell people why we are like that, why we are responding like that. That comes after. The witness is how we live our life. Sharing the why often comes after. And, we, and again, you don't need to be a theologian. You don't need to have all your doctrine lined up. Being a witness is simply telling the story of what Jesus has done in your life. Every one of us has stories. Every one of us can share something of what Jesus has done in our lives. And the really releasing thing is when it comes to seeing people become Christians, when it comes to seeing people born again, that's not your job, and it's not my job. We're not responsible. All we are asked to do is to be faithful witnesses, and then let, we let the Holy Spirit do his work. We can't make someone a Christian. No matter how clever our arguments have been or how amazing our stories might be, we can never make someone a Christian. That's something the Holy Spirit does. And actually that releases us. Let's just be faithful with what God has given us. And then let's leave room for the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does. So making disciples, first of all, I believe it involves seeing people become Christians. Seeing disciples grow numerically. But it doesn't end there. In fact, that's just the start. Making disciples involves continually growing. Growing in our knowledge of Jesus, growing in our experience of his love and his grace and his mercy to me, Growing in how much we trust Jesus. In other words, growing in our faith. And that starts when we first become a Christian, but it never, never stops. We never stop growing. We never get to the point where we think, okay, I've, I've finished now. I am perfected. I actually believe we will continue growing into eternity. Are you still growing? We all go through seasons where we grow a lot and then we grow slowly. But are you still growing? Or do you feel like you've stopped or stalled? If you do, I want to give you a gentle and a loving prod this morning. Don't stop growing. Brothers and sisters, there are debts to the love of Jesus that we have not yet even imagined. 
there is wonder and worship to be discovered. There are depths of joy and peace to be found in Jesus that we have not yet fathomed. And this must be true because Jesus is infinite. Jesus is eternal. And so there is always more of him to know and understand and experience. And that's why I I believe we will spend eternity discovering more about the love of Jesus. And as we do that, we'll have all the more reason to worship him continually in a way that will never grow tired, will never grow boring, because we're discovering more and more about the love and the grace of Jesus. Isn't that exciting? We never stop growing. So how do we grow? I think there are lots of possible answers to that. I just want to suggest this morning, one way we grow is by taking steps of faith. We can stop growing when we stop taking steps of faith. And I know in my life, I have grown when I have taken steps of faith. Faith involves trusting Jesus. It involves believing what he promises is true. Even if I can't see how that works out, even if I can't figure it out in my mind or do the math, I trust Jesus and I step in to what he has called me to, knowing only Jesus, not necessarily figuring out the detail. That's steps of faith. takes us beyond our existing knowledge and understanding. It takes us outside our comfort zone. And that can be one reason why we stop growing. Because we want to be comfortable. That's a natural human thing. We want to be comfortable. We don't, we don't necessarily are scary sometimes. Stepping out in faith. Putting our trust in Jesus. But don't settle for comfort. There is so much more that he has for us. I believe we are all called to a life of adventures in faith. And I know that because even yesterday morning I was sharing stories with someone of adventures in faith. Telling stories about what Jesus has done in our lives. But I don't want my stories to get old. I don't want to just be telling faith adventure stories of way back when. I want stories of faith adventures from this week. I want to be able to share stories of what Jesus has done this week. So what is it that stretches your faith? What is it that gets you out of your comfort zone? 
And that is different for every single one of us and different at different times and different stages of our lives. Is something popped into your mind even right now? Something that's a bit scary you know you have to trust Jesus for? It doesn't have to be something big or dramatic. It can be something really simple, like just sharing your faith with someone you know. Maybe it's praying for someone who's sick. And you find that scary. You find that stretches your faith. Because you've got to trust Jesus. Maybe it's serving in some way. Joining a team. Getting involved. And that's a challenge for you. That stretches you. Maybe it's giving. A little bit more than is comfortable to give. Maybe it is as simple as continuing to worship Jesus even though you are going through difficult circumstances. And that stretches your faith. Our faith is stretched when we have to trust Jesus. And I believe that is one of the ways that we grow. Finally, God puts us into family. He puts us into church. Never designed us as Christians to to be on our own. We are built into the body. We're built into the family. And everything that I've just been talking about happens in that context. All of that is as we do family together. we have a responsibility to disciple one another. Have you ever thought about that? We had Josh from Sweden speaking at the beginning of January about encouragement. Encouragement is so important. It's vital. Vital for discipleship. Vital for seeing us grow. I was saying about sharing stories of faith. It's like as I tell my story, someone is encouraged. And as they tell me their story, I'm encouraged. Because we're hearing what Jesus has done. We're hearing how faithful he has been as they've stepped out in faith. It's in the context of family that we show love to one another and grace to one another. We serve one another. And all in that, discipleship happens. But discipleship comes from genuine relationship. But it also comes if each of us want to grow and want to be discipled. Do you want to grow? I really hope no one comes out of here today not wanting to grow.
There are elements of mentoring and, and apprenticeship that come into discipleship. Those who are uh, a bit further along their faith journey, helping those who are a bit newer to the journey of faith. Another question. Who's discipling you? Who's discipling you in your life right now? I know there's some people here who've been a Christian a long, long time, longer than I have. But who's discipling you? Who is encouraging you? Who is giving you that nudge to step out in faith and keep on growing? Who is an example to you in how they live their faith, how they live their life in Jesus? And who are you discipling? I believe every one of us is involved in that. Who are you encouraging? As we have that buzz of conversation, who who are you encouraging this morning? And I'm not talking about a formal discipleship program here. I'm talking about the relationships that we have in our family as a church. These relationships where we spur one another on, encourage each other to grow. And that can happen as we serve together. And my experience has been often I've served on teams and I've felt built up and encouraged as I've served. And as I've stepped out in faith as well, because I'm doing something I've never done before. can be as we share these stories, these faith stories. I love faith stories. Let's let's be willing to share the stories of what God has done. It can be as we listen to one another, really listen. As we get involved in people's lives and hear what's going on, what are they going through right now? To really hear them and pray with them. Get involved. Bring Jesus into the equation. All of this it happens in small groups. As a church, we have small groups. Can I encourage you? Get into a small group. Grow and be discipled and be and disciple as part of your small group. It happens in prayer triplets. I know a number of people meet together for prayer. I call it a prayer triplet. It doesn't matter if there's more than three. But we pray with one another. We share life with one another. And then we pray into the situations. It can happen in Bible studies. As we open God's word together and explore what does this have to say to us. If we're to obey what Jesus has commanded us to do, then we need to know what that is. And that's why we go to the Bible. 
The Bible tells us what Jesus wants us to do, how Jesus wants us to live our life, how we are to have a deeper, fuller relationship with Jesus. It's there in the Bible. But it's, it's got to be more than a head knowledge. We don't want our heads to swell up with Bible knowledge, but we want the Bible, we want the truth of the Bible to change our hearts. Yeah? Colossians 1, verse 28. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. That's the desire, that's the aim of discipleship, in that we all mature. Mature just means fully grown, fully developed. We all want to be fully grown and fully developed in our relationship with Jesus. We never finish, that never stops. But we want to be mature. And the aim of discipleship is to help each one of us become better imitators of Jesus. And in that, character is more important than what we do. Jesus is more interested in how much we love him, how much we trust him, than what we actually do for him. So, what does it mean to be a disciple-making family? Well, firstly, I believe we are all called to be faithful witnesses of what Jesus has done in our lives. Representing Jesus to those people we encounter in our day-to-day lives. Being able to give a reason for the hope that we have. Someone asked you this morning, what? Why do you believe in Jesus? What difference does that make to your life? What has he done for you? Do you have an answer? I hope so. Give a reason for the hope we have. Tell your story. You don't have to have loads of Bible knowledge. Just tell the story of what Jesus has done for you. And then pray that the Holy Spirit does his work. Pray that the Holy Spirit changes the hearts of people and they come to know Jesus for themselves. And then I want to encourage each one of us to be growing. Deepening our love for Jesus. Increasing in our faith in him. Taking steps of faith, which might be uncomfortable, that might be an adventure. But we grow as we do. And lastly, investing in us as a family. Encouraging one another. Encouraging one another to grow, to step out in faith, to mature in our faith. None of us are a finished article. We all need to be discipled. And we all need to be looking for opportunities to disciple those around us. I'll just finish with Hebrews 10. 
verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Can I pray for us? Lord Jesus, thank you that you are here this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it shows us how we are to live for you and obey you and love you. Thank you it tells us who you are and how much you love us and what you've done for us. I just pray, help us. Give us your Holy Spirit right now so that we might be good witnesses for you so that we might reflect your love and your grace and your mercy on the world around us. Help us as we continually take steps of faith, as we grow in our love and our trust for you. And help us to, as family to encourage one another, build one another up, and to spur one another on into love and good deeds, all of the things that you have called us to as a family. Lord Jesus, be glorified. Be glorified in your church. Be glorified in our lives. Lord Jesus, be glorified, we pray. Amen. Amen.